Performance On Demand Podcast. It... One, two, three, let's go! Welcome to Performance On Demand Podcast with Craig and Jeremy, where you will learn all things endurance sports from training and nutrition to mental strength. Everything you need and want to know in one place. Welcome back to Performance On Demand Podcast. I am your host, Craig Willard, along with Jeremy Brown. What's up, Jeremy? Why so serious, bro? I don't know, man. <laughs> why so serious? Why Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you mad? It's been a bit, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. It has. So, so um, what do we label this thing? What do we call this? Uh, shit happens. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Shit does happen. Shit happens. So this is good. This podcast uh, it will be uh, off topic to an extent, but I think one that will hit home for a lot of people, a lot of people that know you, Jeremy, um, that I think is extremely valuable more than people could probably ever imagine. So um, a, a, maybe a little bit different tone, but we're going to have some fun with it anyway. There's going to be a ton of lessons in here. Hopefully that you can take away, but uh, I guess we'll start Jeremy with just kind of going um, some changes around your world. So if you just want to kind of go into those and we can go from there. Yeah. So, uh, and this is actually the first time this is really going public, but um, you know, I've been struggling for probably the past month and, and, you know, as in our pre-chat that we always do, you know, you pointed out that people around you notice it and even, even when we don't think they notice it, they notice it, you know, and right. no matter how hard we try to hide it or how hard we try to uh, avoid that conversation or displaying what's going on. So, um, you know, as everybody knows, back in November of last year, Kendall and I started United Fitness here in Pearland, Texas, and that was a, a, a big step to a, a couple of dreams um, coming true. And, you know, like any other, like any other business, um, like any other business, when you start it, it's always exciting. There's a lot of work um, and you dump your heart and soul into it to make it what you think people want it to be and what you want it to be. And so we did that. And, you know, we, we worked very, very, very hard at it. And, and as of about four weeks ago, we decided it's actually time to shut the doors. Uh, so we're, we're closing the business. We're in the process of selling off all the equipment, which, brings up a lot of other emotions that, you know, once you accept you're to a point that it's not going to work, you then have to go through the steps to remind yourself it's not working to try to, you know, get rid of the equipment or, 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 or move forward in that capacity. And so it's been a really tough, probably four to six weeks for me personally, um, just because of my hopes and ambitions leading up to it and what I, what I thought it could be and, and the excitement of the lives I could impact through fitness that now I realize that that's, that's not going to happen through that method or through that, uh, that model. So that's kind of where I'm at. You know, you and I, we had a, a brief chat yesterday and we chatted a little bit this morning, but you know, you sent me a text that we were supposed to chat on Thursday and you sent me a text and um, I just didn't reply. I, I couldn't, I wasn't in the right headspace. I wasn't, 
And like I said last night, I didn't feel like I was even in a position to give advice on how to be mentally strong because I was not. Uh, and there's been many times in the, in the in the very recent past that I have not been in that position. You know, I'm not that normal, optimistic, happy because I'm just going through a tough spot. So uh, we aptly named this one Shit Happens because it happens. Shit happens. Yeah. So what was, uh, you know, what was it when you, because just, because I want this to be so, you know, and, and, it, and, and it always is, it's, it's authentic as can be, but you know, when you realize that it's not going to work, what's the first thing you think about? Uh, denial. That's the very first thing that came to mind. Um, probably eight weeks ago is when Kendall kind of checked out. Kendall, Kendall's always the pessimist. She's the one that asks, you know, why is it going to work? And I'm the one that always asks or says, why not? You know, why wouldn't it work? And so uh, she kind of checked out. And you go from two people managing stuff to one person managing stuff. And and I am the forever optimist. You know, I could be in a sinking boat right now and I could see the hole in the water flooding in and I will keep telling the people around me. Sure. It's going to be all right. It'll flow. Right. That's just, that's just how I am. And that's Mm -hmm. how I'm wired. Um, When shit happens and stuff goes bad, I still seek out the good. I still seek out the the silver lining. And that's, I think that's a good trait most of the time. But in this situation, you know, eight weeks ago, Kendall kind of backed away and, and left it to me, if you will. And I continue to just pound my face into the wall because I said, it's going to work. It's going to work. I'm going to make it work. I've made stuff work my entire life. And that's probably a whole nother podcast is, is some of the shit I've put myself through and some of the shit I've come out of. And, um, you know, when she checked out, it fell solely on my shoulders to market it, to grow it, to lead the classes. You know, we couldn't afford to pay the instructor. So I'm teaching more classes so that we can try to save some money so that we can actually have sustainability and all these other things. And, um, and then about four weeks ago, we were getting ready to go on vacation, which is the best time to decide to close a business, uh, that you have a physical location at, because that makes your vacation fantastic. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what the scenery is right. or who you're with it, it, it makes it tough. Cause that's all you can think about. And, sure. um, four weeks ago, I decided that I'm not going to let my ego and my pride cost my, my family time and money. Um, because we are on a, on a limited we do have an opportunity to, to be able to step away from this and not, you know, not come out with a ton of financial burden, but that decision had to be made before the time got here. And I was going to run it right up to the last second. I mean, I'm, I'm wanting to shoot that jump shot at the last freaking second, give it one last ditch effort. And, you know, I, I had, a, I had a moment of, of clarity and I realized I can't let my ego and my, selfishness of wanting to make this work cause my family to take a step backwards or to be burdened or saddled with anything else because I wasn't willing to open my eyes and say, Hey, let's be a realist this time. It's just, it's not going to happen. So to answer your question the long way, the very first, the very first thing that hit me was bullshit. It's going to work. I'm going to make it work. I've made stuff work. Right. hundred percent denial. Yeah. Well, you said something about silver lining. Um, uh, to this point, of course, that was you know, when we when I reached out to you last Thursday about that last podcast. I really hadn't heard from you since, and um, 
you know, let's just say in the last couple of days or last week, where since you are the silver lining, what is the silver lining here? What can you find out of this that's something that you can use as a stepping stone for your next your next path? Oh, there's there's now that I it's funny because when we got the last few pieces of equipment out there, it was like a weight was lifted. And so that's what I was telling Kendall. It's been this progressive burden. So first it was, we need to close it. And the next it was, well, what are the steps to do that legally? Then the next step was, we got to get all of our assets out of, out of the facility because we need to somehow sell those to, you know, to make back a little bit of the money uh, that we invested. And uh, once that last piece was gone, it was like the weight was lifted. There was no more, physical burden left on me. And then it was all just emotional. And so um, the silver lining for me, now that I'm stepping away, I'm seeing a different angle is I've learned so much about actually running a company. You know, I've had mine right uh, for about four years and I've helped people manage large multi-million dollar companies and, and all that. But I was one cog, you know, in, in the wheel. And here I am eight out of the 10 cogs. And so I've learned so much about just resilience and about how to actually manage um, like a storefront location, if you will, or, or a physical entity. But also I've, I've learned that um, getting punched in the mouth, so to speak, doesn't hurt as bad as you think it hurts when you think about not, not achieving something. Um, it doesn't suck as bad as I thought that it, it would, you know, the, the, the fear of being punched in the mouth was much more than actually the realization of just being punched in the mouth, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, that happens a lot, of, especially when we talk about people that get anxious about what's going to happen. We always right. awfulize that we make it much worse than it's going to be. And in the end, we're like, why did I overreact? I mean, yeah, this is my heart and soul, but that doesn't mean this is my only heart and soul. It doesn't, right. you know, you made a really good point, And that is, I think when you get to brick and mortar, things change. You know, it, 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 if you're running a business out of your home, which, you know, MindRite has basically not had brick and mortar from that perspective, it's right. a different type of business than when you have to get people in that door. Right, right. And, and, and it's funny because when I um, – so Adrian, a friend of mine lives down here, he's a very successful restaurant entrepreneur. And, you know, he's been encouraging me. He's encouraged me forever, you know, on different ways to grow mind right. And, and he's the guy that no matter what, it's, it's always sunshine and rainbows, Sure, you know, and he's always laughing, always happy. And he has his stresses, but he's, you know, when he told me, he's like, he's like, we need to find you a place and we need, need to start you a, a business. Let's get you in, you know, real, real business is what he calls it. And, uh, and he told me his exact words are, we need to just put your nuts in the vice and see what happens when we squeeze. And mm-hmm. the very first thing that came to mind when, when I wanted the squeezing to stop was I don't have what it takes. That was one of my very Mm. first feelings. Once I accepted that I can't let my ego get in the way, it's, I, I, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a businessman. I, I can't make that connection. I can't make that happen because of, because of this. Uh, and I know you hate the word, but because of this failure, because of me having to pull away from this, I am not cut out for what I, what I want to do, what I thought I was good at doing. That was my first knee jerk reaction. Um, because I asked the squeezing to stop, you know, I made it stop. And so for me, that's, you know, that, that taps into a a deeper, uh, emotional channel that I have that I'm, you know, trying to learn and work through, but 
stepping back from it now and it's it's no it's just i wasn't i wasn't as prepared as i should have been or needed to be for that opportunity sure you know i I still had stuff to learn and that's how i learned was was through was through that what's that experience from for many people you know we uh, whether we talk about trump or talk about anything else that we've never really went through i mean you know i remember when donald trump whether you like him or not, it doesn't matter. But I remember when Donald Trump was just starting up with his presidential campaign, people say he didn't have the experience to be a president. And I'm thinking, who does? Right. I mean, I mean, that's kind of a silly statement. He didn't have the experience to be – well, no one does because you can only run for so long, right? Right. I mean, and so those that come back for their, their, next, um, their next term, those people have experience. But that's it. And then you only get it once and then you're done. So, you know, and that's the thing about life is that no matter who, you know, I mean, you can listen to people and you can listen to an umpteen amount of, of mentors. But until you get in it, until you live it, until you experience it, you don't know. And what I remember, for, especially from a leadership perspective, is it's not it, – it's oftentimes it's not what – you don't learn from the good – as much as you learn from those struggles or those times to say, oh, well, this is what not to do, right? So I, I'm, I'm building this path of things that are good. These are working. But here's the things that, that you just don't do these things because these don't work out in, at the end of the day. So it's taking all of those things, those experiences, and then obviously you said, I don't have what it takes. So then, then you go personal because – Absolutely. You're on the because line. It it's you're on the because, line. It's you. Because it was my idea, because it was my backing. It was my work ethic. It was my getting up at 345 a.m. It was my marketing. Yep. And so it, it does become very personal. And from there, that put me into a cycle. Sure. You know, I had this conversation a couple of times. There's only a couple of people that have known that this is going on um, up until now. And I'm sure people might have had an idea because you're right. I have withdrawn. I have gotten quieter and things like that. But it puts you into a cycle. You know, sure. I mean, I'm in this, I'm in this washing machine right now. Right. And it goes from, I don't have what it takes to, well, I just don't feel like going to ride my bike today to, you know, I, I don't, I don't have the energy to go do this. And then all of a sudden you start pulling away from other things like mine, right. And like your family and like right. your fitness, which means a lot to me. And so I start to try to find other things to supplement that feel good feeling that those things give me. Um, and along the way, you know, it's, you just, you just get stuck in this, this circle right. and every now and then you'll bounce out of the circle. But in the past four weeks, I keep getting pulled back into the circle yeah. and I'll have a, I'll have a good or a good day or a couple of good days. And then all of a sudden it's back in there because I have to address something else with this business until it's completely done till mm-hmm. it's completely, you know, finalized. Right. I think one of the things that, that I noticed when we had a conversation earlier was the amount of people that are just like you that feel like you have to do everything because it's all on the line. You don't have the money to, you know, hire someone to come in and do this and that. So, you know, you only have 24 hours in a day. If you're getting six to eight hours of sleep and you've got 16 hours a day and that is 16 hours a day to be happy, live with your family, you know, grow your business, do financials, uh, get people in the door, uh, marketing and all these other things. And I think that the one thing that I noticed from the conversation I had earlier is that you have to realize that when you own it, when you run a business, you've got to give yourself the ability to run it. And what I mean by that is, is that 
it's, you know, I, I know that a lot of people, even uh, some friends of mine who have businesses, they use virtual assistants that are a little bit less expensive. They're off site, but they allow you to, you know, whether you pay them a little bit to, to uh, provide a marketing scheme that you push out to social media or things of that nature that allow you to, to thrive and not have to feel like you do it all. Because I think sometimes even the burden of doing all of that shuts you down from being able to do any of it. If that makes sense. Correct. No, I, I completely agree. And, and that's the thing too, is, um, you said it a minute ago is that I, I, and we, you and I operate so much alike and that I learned the best from experience. I learned the best from, you can tell me the pan's hot. I'm going to touch the pan and I'm going to say, Holy shit, that's hot. And I'll know to never touch it again. I could read it in a textbook and I'd never, I'd never absorb it until I actually, even when I, you know, when I was in, in the quote unquote workforce, when you go to a new job, you can tell me how to do that job. You can tell me how to log into the system and log this ticket here and check this and add this. But until I actually go through it and start clicking the buttons, I don't get it. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me. And, um, you know, if I, if I, maybe this is part of the silver lining is if I look back and I, I've said it so many times, I feel in the past year or two to Kindle because I have had some incredible fuck ups in my life, like incredible as everybody has. And a lot of them are self-inflicted just because I'm a dumbass sometimes. Um, but those are the best lessons. Those are the lessons I remember very, very vividly things that I will never forget that have shaped who I am and kind of how I'm, I'm being molded going forward. And so with that said, looking back on them now, now that we're, we're, as I'm talking through this, looking back on them, I don't remember the pain that taught me that lesson, right? That pain, the heartache, whatever it was that taught me that lesson isn't affiliated with the lesson itself anymore. They're two separate things. I can't even remember how much it sucked to go through A, B, and C. Whereas right now it's an acute pain. Right now it is this hurts, this sucks. But like you said, I'll look back a year from now, look back two years from now, the lessons will carry on, the pain will fade away. Right. And, you know, for me, that, that gives me a little bit of, of comfort in where I'm at right now as I'm trying to work through this because I know that the, the pain will, will go away. Um, but it's, I think, the biggest thing where I'm at right this second. The hardest thing for me to do was to write the email to our client base and tell them we were closing. That's the, that was the hardest thing because to me, that's having to swallow your pride and say, not good enough. Couldn't make it happen. Sorry, guys. You know, right. and when people look to you to provide something and you are no longer able to, whether physically or mentally, able to provide that something, it sucks to tell them you can no longer give them what you were giving them. Sure. Sure. And that was, that was one of the toughest things to this point for me, that was much harder than navigating the legal process and how to, how to actually do all this. What's that moment of truth when you realize this is it, it's not, you know, everything else, I mean, you're working to it, but it's the actualization when you have to make that, that moment decision to hit send. Right. And then they all know. And now I didn't even hit send. I just scheduled that bastard in MailChimp (laughs) and I, I don't know when it went. I just said schedule at the best time and I close the screen. 
well, you know, I think too, as we talked about this before a little bit, um, you know, oftentimes we don't think about it. You know, I'm the guy that always pushes failure doesn't really exist. I, I, that's, there's, a, there's, it's not possible. Do you continue to give what you give in that regard? No. But does that mean that you completely, I mean, when I say fail, A, I'm identifying with it. So I'm a failure, which is a social problem. But not only that, I'm literally disregarding every lesson that I learned, every single lesson, every business lesson, every marketing lesson, every whatever. But, you know, not only that, uh, as we talked about, um, you know, you were married to your, to your children's mother and the only way that things could come back to where they are today with you and Kendall is that had to stop. Right. You know, that, that had to come to closure for you to have something that's better fit for you. And the same with this business and any, in, in many things ahead of you is it, it feels so painful because it's so real and it is real and it's right now. And it, it, it's completely tied to you. You feel like it's all your fault, but on the other side of it, you know, when you look back and you're a year from now and you're like, oh, that stopped because this was built. You know, something else happened. Something else took its place. It's like, it's like when you, you know, uh, when you, when, when I went to school and that's, you know, I still have these issues. So when you go to school and, and uh, as a single father, I went to school at night. Well, when I graduated, I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to have all this time. No, things fill up time. Always fill up. There's always something just waiting to kind of backfill into that space. So it's not right. like you're going to have this vacuum. There's always going to be, well, I mean, I guess it is kind of a vacuum because it's sucking in whatever else is kind of waiting in, in line. So not only is it giving you an opportunity to find a different path, but it's also giving you an opportunity to do some things that you needed to do for you that you probably haven't done in a while because you were committed to making this thing. You know, you're, what I say about relationships is you're kind of the, ca- you're the captain of the Titanic. I mean, the glass water's filling up, dude, and all of a sudden the the windows bust and it's out. But right. the difference is, is that you survive it. He didn't. Well, and so here's the other thing to kind of go along with that that would kind of expand this topic a little bit is one of my biggest problems to date, and I didn't recognize it until probably two weeks ago, was I personally don't I don't like the word depression. I don't feel that I've ever had depression. It's debatable, but there was a, there was a very dark area that, that I was in and I'm still in because I don't have a project and I need, I need to be stimulated. I need something to make me feel progressive. I need something that challenges me. And so the progression of building United Fitness was you got the keys right after Ironman Florida last year. Um, when we got back, we hit the ground running. We were tearing down walls. We were painting. We we're doing all these physical projects. Uh, and then you get it to that point. It's like, okay, let's put the bikes in. Okay. There's project done. Okay. Now we have to put up the TRX, you know, systems done. And so we, and then we got to build the client base and then we got to teach the classes and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when something becomes for me personally, when something gets to a plateau, I won't say it's easy because I don't think it's ever easy, but when it gets to a plateau and it's kind of on autopilot, if you will, to an extent, I get very bored. Well, right now my project has been taken away or given away, you know? And so for me, I step back and look at it. And part of my problem in the past two or three weeks has been, I don't feel useful. I don't feel engaged. I don't feel challenged. You know, and I had this conversation with Kendall. 
I need shit to be hard for me to feel like I am a functional part of the community or a functional member of society. I need, I need a project. So what did I do? I rearranged the entire freaking garage. One of the best days I've had in the past two weeks, cleaned everything, moved shit around, did all kinds of stuff. I feel good. All right. Next project. What do I do? Well, I turned my freaking one man kayak into a fishing kayak. That was a little project. I was saws on on plastic and wiring stuff up and it was a lot of fun, but it's done. And on the flip side of that, I don't have endurance wise. I don't have a, an event coming up. I don't have something that I feel challenged about. So it's, it's in that capacity, it's all or nothing when it comes to working out. Well, if I don't work out, I don't really feel good about myself or feel good in general energy wise, which again, goes back into that fucking washing machine that I'm just tumbling around in. Um, and so I'm steadily looking for projects, you know, I'm steadily looking for, I hate to say it, the next best thing. I'm steadily looking for the next opportunity, the next chance, the next something that's going to make me think and consume my thought process. And recently that's been going fishing, saltwater fishing. I do it two or three days a week because it's consuming me because it's tough because it's an adventure because it's a challenge. Um, and so that's, that's how I work. And that's where I'm at right now is kind of like what now, you know, not that, not that mind right is on autopilot because there's a lot of work we need to do with it. Um, but I need, I need something. Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. Well, a couple of things that you hit on one is this is the whole, um, you know, we go back to when I don't know how many episodes it was ago when you go to this Iron Man blues. So it's the same premise. You know, all these premises, everything that we deal with in life is the same thing that we deal with uh, in sports and in leadership and whatnot. And that is that when you don't have a goal ahead of you that will magnetize you and draw you towards it, you get into that circle that you're talking about where you just can't seem to get out of it. And so it's, you know, it, it, that, that's why when I coach, especially athletes, but, but anyone really, you have to have multiple goals. What's next? What's next? What's next? Because that's going to draw you. That's going to pull you along versus you having to push yourself along. If right. you if you are magnetized towards something, it's easy to get towards it, to come towards it. But if you aren't magnetized from it, then that takes your own manual labor to get to something. And it's painful and it's hard. And so what is next for you? It You know, it's, you know, and I think that's the whole core of business is that it's finding what the, what, what someone needs. I mean, it's, it's always, it's the need base. I mean, businesses don't happen without the need. And so, um, one day you might be on the shitter and you're reading something and you go, it's good thinking time. You go, damn, that's it. You know, that's it. And maybe it's something that you build, you know, from a, uh, internet base that you turn, that turns into brick and mortar or something, or maybe it is another, you know, adventure, um, that you do with brick and mortar. Cause I think they both are, are, are ways there's, there's ways to be successful. But, you know, we talked about Gary V, you know, you and I both like Gary V a lot. And yesterday I sent you a link, you know, it, it's easy to look back and go, you know, Tony Robbins is amazing. You know, all these guys are, especially in this world, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's amazing. It's like, they've never failed at, at you know, at a business, when I mean by the, the failure of business is they just shut it, they shut the doors. That it was a, it just didn't work. Um, but they never. Um, it's it's not like everything was perfect. We don't see those things, 
but yet as an individual, we think everyone sees them. And so, and so I've used that, I've used that, that, that similar comparison sport before, because, you know, Andrew Stark was a very good friend of mine and I see, I see the work that has to go into that. People only see his results for his fast bike splits. And, and that's, it just happened to jump out of me because I, I try to explain to people, you don't understand what goes into getting where he's at. You know, you don't see the day in and day out. You don't see the struggles. You don't see just like, you know, Gary V or, or, or you or me or anybody that's just trying to figure it out, trying to make it. And, and we think that people, we think that people see those imperfections and they don't, they only see where you're at. They don't see the come up, you know, the grind, the hustle. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's this thing about if I, uh, especially when we think about our looks and we think about that imperfection, you know, that pimple on our face or that mark on our face, we want to be the first to tell people that it's there so that they don't tell us that it's there. And so we're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got this, man, I get to see this spot right here. I don't know what's going on. It's almost like we're drawing attention to something that, they never even saw. They literally never noticed it, you know. And and there, there's actually a video uh, that I saw one day where they put uh, a just a passerby in this uh, down this um, this business row of businesses. They pulled one of them in. They put them in front of a mirror and they tell them to start talking about themselves in the mirror. And on the other side, it's a, it's a see through mirror. And the other side, it's a complete different to someone that doesn't even know that person, and they're talking about the other person. So this one person's looking in the mirror and he's talking about himself and there's a lady in here talking about him and he's right, like, right. yeah, you know, I look kind of, you know, I, I'm kind of short and stumpy and he's like, and, and the girl's like, what a smile. He's so, he's, he looks like he's so fun. He looks like he's so energetic and so exciting. And it's the perspective that we think everyone sees us in one light and truthfully, we, other people don't see that, you know, as you, you know, you're not a failure. And to your friends and family, you're still not. That didn't work, but that's not associated so much. You want to label it as yours, but it's not. It's just like when you go and, you know, when you go and train and you go run an Ironman and it, and it doesn't come out. You didn't fail that. You got, there's more work to do if you want to get to a different level, but it's not, the end result isn't identified to you. It's something that you did, but it's not something that is your identity. I'm right. a failure or I am, you know, slow or, or whatever else it is. What is it that when you go to the next venture, cause you are, that's, that's what you do. It's what you've always done. You kind you know, you, you, if this doesn't work, you go through this one. If that one doesn't work, you go, you're always searching cause you do, you like that challenge. You like to be really hard pressed. And what is it that you will take away from this? moving forward what what are like two or three lessons that you really pulled out of this that go yeah this one's where um i'm gonna i'll I'll do better next time because this obviously you know whatever so the biggest lesson my my biggest miss on this is is one i'm i'm not a good planner i'm not a strategic guy so the biggest thing that i did from this is it forced me to actually create a business plan actually put financials on paper, actually create a pro forma and things like that. And so um, I think the process of doing that taught me a lot. It, it taught me that that shit's almost unnecessary to an extent um, for, for the type of businesses that I am interested in. Um, it, it is necessary, but it's not. Um, but with the business plan, you know, I did market research. I had, I mean, 
if you were to ask me six months ago, I had the market nailed. The location was close to to the target market, which is you know thirty to forty five year old women that are probably stay at home moms with kids, things like that. The market was there, and the biggest miss that I had is that for the past seven years of my life, I have been surrounded with people who are really into fitness, right? I'm talking extremists when it comes to fitness, not your normal soccer moms that go out for a jog. I'm talking people that want to compete at a high level and want to train six plus hours a week. And so I got blinded by the fact that everyone around me valued fitness over everything else. They would skip time with their family. They would skip social events to go to bed early, to get up and work out the next day. So in my head, that's the people that I had targeted. I undervalued people's, I guess I, I, I overvalue people's desire for fitness, the common, common Americans value of fitness um, because I've been stuck in a bubble. And so from a business standpoint, I didn't look bigger picture outside of my circle, outside of my current reach. And I put a very high expectation on the common person being as interested in health and fitness as the people that I've been around for seven years. And so for me, that's one of the biggest things is that you have to, I need to be more, um, I guess the only word I think of is nonpartisan, but that's not the right word. I have to be more open-minded outside of just my, my people. Mm. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest that's that's one of the biggest when it comes to actually preparing and, and, and marketing and targeting, you know, clientele is you have to understand what people value, not what your values are. You know, I'm I'm and, and we had all of our friends, all the people that are in our circle would come to classes and they come to our events and they come hang out. You know, at one point, Kendall made a joke and Kendall said, you know, this has become a really expensive hangout for us and all of our friends. You know, and right. because all of those people are as into fitness and they're sure, into sure. our family and they support us and their friends. And so they would come to all of our stuff. But getting outside of that was so, so hard. Sure. Like every time we get one person that we didn't know, man, we were high fiving. I have no idea who the hell you are, but come ride a bike with us. And uh, so that's probably the biggest thing is that I need to be more open minded from a business perspective of, of how to approach people. Um, the other big lesson is there's two things to this. No one cares about your business as much as you care about your business. And you can't pretend that they're going to care about your success in business as much as you will. That was a tough lesson. Um, and then the other, the other thing is no matter how bad you want something to happen, no matter how much you're willing to invest or how hard you're willing to push, and, and no matter how passionate you are about something, that doesn't mean that it's going to be a successful business. You can't. My, my biggest driving force, and I thought a great message was, this is a veteran owned business by two people who are into health and fitness. One of them's a fucking doctor. And we want to empower lives through fitness. That was our message. And that was our passion. That's what we believed in. But at the end of the day, that didn't really matter. So it doesn't matter how passionate you are about impacting lives and changing people's lives if they're not in that same mindset. If someone isn't in a position, just like we talked about, you know, you said you said you wouldn't come to me until I came to you because you can't force me to talk about things. But you knew something was going on. You can't make people 
invest in their health and fitness and give a damn about their health and fitness until they're in that position and ready to. Right. And it doesn't matter how driven, how passionate, how ambitious you are. It's like two Lego pieces, right? They have to be ready to go together before they'll fit together. Sure. And that's, that was, that was a, a big lesson that I learned. Doesn't mean that I can't use my ambition and passion in other methods to impact people through fitness. That vehicle or vessel I just tried to use was, was not one that was going to do that. Sure. Those are probably the three biggest um, non-measurable takeaways that I have from it. You know, um, I think there are, there are people on this planet, one being Steve Jobs, who can create need. Absolutely out of the middle of nowhere. You know, and it wasn't just Steve Jobs, of course. That's that's the you know, we like to say it's Steve Jobs, but there's a ton of people underneath of Steve Jobs that made that come to fruition. You know, and, and so I think spell, it's hang on, hang on, spell that word. Fruition? Yeah. F R U I T I O N? I think I, so. I don't know how to spell it. I just I, I like that word. <laughs> I do. I know. Anyway, um, go ahead. Well, I think that there are certain people. I, I think there are probably not as many out there that can create need. I mean, they literally can just go, hey, I want to make someone and they're going to be addicted to this damn thing. And now they're going to buy um, now a seven, $800 phone every year because it has three new options <laughs> and one less option, which is a headphone jack. But um, so I think that for everyone else, that's the kicker is the need. The need has to be there. And we know that America, and I don't say this to be disrespectful to anybody, we know America's fat in that oh, regard. You know, I mean, they, they we're lethargic. And, and I don't mean that, again, it's not to be disrespectful, but that's, that is statistically there. Um, we, we, have a, uh, we, we have an issue with obesity and things of that nature. So we know there is a need. But until it becomes a personal need, it's right. worthless. And every and, and the thing is, is that especially in fitness, which I've learned so much about here in the last couple months, that I really didn't really think so much about. But when you do, you look back and you look at all of the um, the different multi level marketing companies that are selling you products to make it uh, make you healthier. You know, they're they're giving you products to make you lose weight but they're giving you products that aren't good for you and they're doing it in a quick way that's unhealthy so it's unhealthy to become healthy truthfully right. it's unhealthy so and what i mean by that is not only is it that people are looking for that they're looking for that so they want it to they want it done right now and oh, and, so true. It, so and, true. and what what you have presented is an opportunity for people to come to a place to become family and not only family but you're going to get healthy and you're going to get healthy right. You're going to, you're going to, you know, they, they say, and I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think research has changed much since the last time I remember seeing this was, you know, 10 to 15 pound loss in a year is, is healthy. Any more than that can be troubles. Your body doesn't, isn't, it's really easy for that to come back if you go too fast. Right. And, you know, you gave the platform, but what you saw is the community wasn't ready for that. The community hasn't bought into saying, Hey, Healthy lifestyle is important. Right. And how you know that is because if you were to change that and be somewhere else where, and, and maybe even, you know, I tend to think that when we get into our 50s, 
that starts to matter a lot more. You know, I think you know, when you talk about, the, the, um, I don't want to get too far off this topic, but when you talk about like the midlife crisis, so two things that really drive the midlife crisis psychologically, because it's not really something that exists, so to speak, it's something we create, and that is purpose. So we're finally halfway through our lives and we're going, hey, what am I here for? What's my purpose? What now? Yeah. The other one is friend's death. So they start seeing their friends die from obesity or heart disease or lung cancer or. And they know. try to start running backwards on that treadmill. Yeah. And so now they're trying to reverse time and they're doing it at such a fast pace. And, you know, oftentimes it, it's, it's sustained. Sometimes it's not because it's not really what they want to do. But for that environment of people, if you were in a different market where people were thriving off of trying to get better because their age was a little bit higher, then all of a sudden you did nothing different and you're tremendously successful. And that's part, you know, and that's kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier, which is that marketing process of or when you're going out and systematically looking at the community and saying, Hey, well, who am I targeting? And, and do they need this? And the truth is, is absolutely. And absolutely. Right. I, I know who I'm targeting and I know they need this, but until, well, in, in until the they initial do market it. research too, the reason I decided to do what we did was because I looked at other suburbs of Houston and there are wildly successful. You cannot book a class inside of a week at some of these other places. But if you step back and look at it now, these communities, these suburbs are five, six, eight years ahead of where I live now, as far as development. So as, as community as a whole, as far as the architecture in the community, the opportunities and things like that, there we are farther behind. And I think that was a big miss for me was looking at other suburbs saying, wow, these places are killing it with the exact same type of class. Their bikes aren't even as good as mine, but ours wasn't ready yet. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the final things I, I, I do want to say on this is, um, I don't live with regrets. Everything I do in life is purposeful, whether it's good or bad. Um, and so I don't, I don't like to look back and say, oh man, I wish I could do this different. I wish I could do that different. The one thing that I would change about all of this is avoiding the chance to talk about it. Um, to me, it's, it's fine. The business didn't work out. I fucked up, whatever you want to call it. Whatever. But, but to me, it's, it's avoiding the conversation with those around you that are inquiring. For example, Ray, very good friend of mine, one of our coaches, sent me a text a couple weeks ago. He did all of our video work, incredible job. Um, he gave us a lot of time and attention to, to help us with our marketing, making some just incredible videos. He sent me a message, I think it was probably two weeks ago now, and it, it said, How's, how are things at United Fitness? To this day, I've not replied to that text. I actually have texted him since, but I've never replied to that because to me, avoiding the conversation means, I guess it, it to me avoiding the conversation means that it may not be really happening. You know, just like just like you know, you on Thursday. I have a bad habit of when things get really tough on me and I feel it, I want to feel squeezed. But what sometimes when I feel really squeezed, um I can kind of go into a shell a little bit, and I don't I don't particularly like to if, if I make a mistake, for example, I didn't text you back that day. Uh, we were supposed to talk on Thursday. Uh, wasn't in the space, but I didn't have the heart to tell you, hey, Craig, I just I, I can't do it today because then I would have to elaborate as to why. And I wasn't ready to do that yet. Yet I, I hung you out to dry. Right. There's a trust between you and I to make these things happen. And 
I avoided that conversation. But at the end of the day, had I addressed it then, it wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have had the guilt of not replying to you or the guilt of not replying to Ray or the guilt of, you know, and, and this is a much deeper issue is I'll go a little while and I won't I won't have a conversation with my mom because I'm really busy. That's my excuse. You know, I got all these stresses and things like that. Then when I'm in the good headspace or I'm in a place where I want to reach out to her, I'm embarrassed to reach out to her because it's been so long since I've reached out to her. Yep. Yeah. So I don't reach out to her. And then what? It goes on and it goes on and goes on. And so those are things that I'm personally working through. And, and I hope that, you know, me attempting to bear my soul in this, this chat, you know, helps somebody somewhere. Yeah. It's not sport related, but it kind of is, but it's not, you know, and um, I just hope that at some point somebody hears a piece of what I've gone through and recognizes they're in the same habit or they have the same opportunity and they can maybe maneuver it a little bit differently. Yeah. I think you made a really good point. And that is that we oftentimes will separate ourselves because we think that that's going to help us out when really, when, if we hit it first, if we, if we go ahead and just take that hit and have that conversation, we realize the burden becomes lifted and it doesn't put us in that that depressive state, that experience of, you know, wishing things would be different or whatever. You know, we and I've learned that too. You just approach, you just you address it, and the quicker that you can address it, the quicker you can move forward. Instead, that burden kind of mounts up, and every day, every minute, or actually even every second passes, and it just gets harder and harder and harder. And that's why it's so important, as you've done here, which is. So commendable is that is just speak about it, get it off your chest. You'll come off this podcast, and, and the the situation is no different, but you're going to feel different, and that's what right. matters. And that at the end of the day, that's what matters. You you held together. You, you you know you did it as much as you could. It's not the right timing. Maybe this comes back in three or four years or five years when things are starting to mount up and you start to see transition, and you you, you know you you have a lot more experience under your belt to to do it again. Or right. maybe you go on a completely different route, but nonetheless, um, we know d- definitely from your mind right stuff that, I mean, you have what it takes, but it doesn't just take what, you know, you can have what it takes, but that may not still be enough depending upon timing and things of that nature. Right. Well, well I appreciate the platform and, and, you know, your patience as a friend and, and, and your knowledge and experience too, because it, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about these things. It's not something I've had so many tough conversations with Kendall in the past month, you know, and it's, um, it's hard to, to go back through it. It's hard to accept kind of, it's hard to accept where you're at, you know, sure. and, and we talk about that and we talk about, Oh, just be where you're at and all this other stuff. And, you know, truth be told, it's easy to talk about it, but when it comes to actually making it actionable, it's, it's tough. It is, but that's why you need to do it. That's right. why it's so important. You know, it's not when it's easy. That's easy. It's when it's hard. And that's why, you know, the rubber, when the rubber beats the, meets the pavement and shit's got to move, that's when you start seeing your character go, hey, this isn't okay. This isn't okay for me. And I'm better than this. And this doesn't own me. And I'm going to make out of this relatively okay. Actually, I'm going to make out of it a pretty amazing because I'm still going to be living when it's all said and done. I've still got another, you know, I'm still kicking and I'm still doing right. what I do. So I got new lessons to take forward with me. So. Yep. And so again, over and over and over again, you'll see a lot of those people, uh, and I, I'm not going to sit here and list them all, but there's tons of people out there that have uh, became super, super successful out of 
um, businesses that didn't succeed. And the business didn't succeed, but it doesn't have anything to do with you, so to speak, in that regard. But anyway, thanks for uh, sharing that with us and uh, apologies for you all that aren't uh, that haven't heard from us recently. But I will get this out there pretty soon. And anything else, Jeremy, before we wrap it up? That's it. When's your book coming out? I know it's soon. We um, I always say two weeks. I keep saying two weeks and it keeps becoming two weeks. <laughs> uh, welcome to the, welcome to the, oh the, uh, the writing and editorial oh and printing gosh. process. So, uh, high performance mindset will be out hopefully the week after next. So two okay. weeks. Is it still available for pre-order? Where can they get no, it from? They I actually did. I stopped pre-order. Um, we, uh, in fact, the content of the book drove, um, this, we were told by the marketing group that, the can the price was way too low for the content, and so uh, those that individuals that got it early actually got it uh, four dollars cheaper than they're going to be able to get it for on Amazon or anywhere else. But um, right now, where we are is it, it is in the book designer hands. So uh, what you have is this book was completely written in in a word document. That's just how they do it. And so that word document had to be transferred into book format. And, and and I don't really know personally. I mean, I've used like iBooks and stuff, so I don't know if it's something similar. I don't know what they use, but they're basically taking that content and putting it into the book and then putting the diagrams that there's nine, uh, there's the, uh, well, there's a little more not, but there's nine main diagrams and putting those in there and setting those where they're supposed to be. And I'm actually leaving for Cuba on Thursday. Um, nice. And so I've asked him if I can have the – so the way it works is that the designer creates the book, puts it in format, PDFs it, and sends it to me. I need to review it not for content but for look. Do I like the way it feels and whatnot? If I like the way it feels, then he's going to print a book and ship it to me. So uh, I've asked if I can have that PDF by the time I leave. And he said he thought that was going to be doable. So if that's the case, and I'll have it Thursday, I'll review it on my trip. I'll come back. Uh, I'll send him an email and, and have the book waiting for me when I return. If I like the way the book feels, I'll literally have the book in my hand, very first copy my daughter gets. Um, then we'll go live the next week probably. So not – and part of the delay is will be my vacation. So not when, – when, when are you coming back? The, the Thursday. Uh, no, I'm leaving Thursday, uh, and we fly back. And I'm sorry, we we're, we're going on a cruise um, Tuesday. I'll be back Tuesday night. And if if God forbid you don't make it back and you're detained, can I have <laughs> your can I have your podcasting equipment? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I will give it all to you. The funny thing <laughs> is, is so I I have, I have a drone. I bought a drone not that long ago, and. I was going to take the drone with me. I thought that'd be the coolest thing ever. And then I'm Googling. Mom, my mom says it. And I'm usually really good about rules. My mom said, uh, That shit can't be allowed. In have Cuba. you checked Cuba? And I said, Why? I mean, it's a drone. She went, You should look. And sure enough, I ran across a, a blog post of a guy who spent 13 days in Cuban prison because he, dro- he flew his drone. <laughs> 13 days. And he said it was hell. He said you got a you basically had a cot, a sheet, and a blanket, and they gave you three horrible meals. It was horrible. But he said he goes, matter of fact, it goes through customs and he goes, They see my drone. They don't even debate it. They just you keep on through. But 
heaven forbid you fly it. You fly right it. Lunch. Yeah, there's the they're not legal all over, anywhere in the country. But um, so anyway, we'll be back Tuesday. Go back to it. Hopefully, hopefully the following week we'll we'll go live with that book, which would be awesome. I'm I'm super excited. It's been uh, as an author, this has been the worst part. It's been a painful month and a half because I'm not done anything. You know, in that regard of right. what I'm normally accustomed to doing. Now I've been doing things on the side that are mine, like responsibilities for marketing and building a website. So I have a website where when you buy my book, there are uh, nine exercises that are in that book. And those nine exercises I created in a PDF format. So you yeah. don't have to just use them in the book. So when you get the book, you're going to get a website and a password and they'll send you to my website where they can download or they can print and utilize the exercises in a printable media nice. versus having to use a book. It's fully so, interactive. Yes. And so the thing I want the thing I want the thing I want to leave you with, and it goes with our conversation, I think it's a good way to tie in. So occasionally um, my kids, Kendall's boys and my three kids, will leave random notes all over the place. Just happened to find this note <laughs> that Mackenzie left. My oldest daughter left this. I don't know when Aww. she left it, but it was stuck right here on my whiteboard. That's fun. And for those that aren't on Patreon that can see this, it's a handwritten note on a blue post-it note, and it says, try, try again. And it just ran. I swear to God, I've, I've not seen that sitting there Aww. the entire time. That's awesome. Anyway, that's a good, that's a good, that's good end, end to it. this conversation today because yep. that's the ultimate truth. Try, well, try again. You're back at it again no matter what. So uh, if you want to get a hold of Jeremy, Jeremy at MindRightEndurance.com, or you can find him at MindRightEndurance.com, his, his website. Uh, you can find me at Craig at Craig Willard. CraigWillard.com. Right at CraigWillard.com. Uh, if you if you want to get a hold of me, or you can email us both at performance on demand podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Patreon. We'd love to have you over there. It's a Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash POD podcast. Until next time. Later. Patreon. 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 <laughs> later. See you later. <laughs>